This week on Dynasty Domain, we are talking tight ends. Who should you be buying and who should you be selling? And we're going to roast some trades. I'm Avery Huffman. I'm here with Nathan Schmidt. Hey, hey. And Simon Denny. What's up? Welcome to Dynasty Domain. All right, to kick off today's episode, we are going to be roasting some... Will you two stop laughing? <laughs> I can't help it. I'm just so excited to roast these trades. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Yeah, so normally we'll do a trade scenario of the week here, but I'm just a little bit uh, agitated at the moment, especially with some of the trade offers I've gotten. I think people are, are trying to make me quit playing Dynasty football. So what we'll do is we'll just go around and each give a trade that we are... Uh, disgusted by. Uh, I'm disgusted that somebody offered me Gabe Davis, and in return, they wanted me to give them Juju Smith-Schuster and a 23 first for Gabe Davis. Juju and a first for Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis isn't worth one first. If you're making these offers right now, just stop. It's not even. It's not even like relatively close in terms of, in terms of value there. So, uh, maybe Juju for Gabe straight, straight up. I'm sure a lot of people would contender wouldn't do that anyways. But then it had a first. You do. You deserve to be roasted for that trade, Nathan. What trade are you roasting? <laughs> uh, well, first off, before I talk about mine, we're we're not just doing this just to rip on trades, even though it is kind of funny. No, sometimes. we definitely are. But also, there is a purpose behind this. We literally just talked about last week how the Dynasty community is getting bored, and this is why there's sometimes just atrocious rankings going out and atrocious trades going out. And we're just starting to see this more and more. We're starting to see 25 firsts thrown around. We're starting to see just random things out of nowhere where you're like, what? Why did this top Dynasty asset get traded for that little? Or why is someone trying to buy Deshaun Watson when he is going to get suspended? No, for no, he's not going to get this suspended. season. Deshaun? No. no. What? Buy him now. Buy. Are you De- saying he's going to score more than zero points uh, this year? No, just buy Deshaun. Okay. All right. Do well, it. Uh, you literally have to. You there's no have dip to, be, to buy though. You. Oh my gosh. You literally have to be like completely tone-deaf, blind to say that there's nothing going on with Deshaun Watson's dynasty value right now. Nathan, continue. Sorry. Yeah, okay. So mine, um, well, are we doing the same one, Simon, or am I doing my own? Which one are you? Hey, go for it. Just do it. Go. Okay. Just go. He'll, he'll go. Uh, DJ Moore in a 2025 first. Yes, you heard a 2025 first for Simon. No, it's your trade, Nathan. Okay, 2025 first and DJ Moore for Drake London. Boo. Roast. I'm taking DJ Moore over Drake London alone. So obviously I'm taking the DJ Moore side. Second, why the heck are you trading at 25 first? That is this season, 2022. That's the off season of 2023. That's the season of 2023. That's the off season going into 2024. That is 2024. <clears throat> that, that is literally like five Whole dynasty periods. Whole away. dynasty periods away. Don't trade your twenty five first. And honestly, like if you're in one of our leagues and you're listening, don't trade your twenty five first. Like legit, because I, I, it's, I, it's a, like kind of a rule. So and then we have to set up our league safes, and we're just not going to do that. Yeah. So, so don't so don't do that. But no. And, and why would you trade for trade for Drake London right now? He's at he's at a really high price point. Like I mean, I mean he could show out next year and not move up ranking. So um, yeah, not no, D- no. Simon, go. Okay, this one's going to be pretty polarizing. 
So we have Justin Jefferson to team one and team two getting Jalen Waddle and CEH. So um, this one was pretty polarizing. And uh, between the three of us, we didn't think it was that horrible. But like, it's pretty bad. But at the same time, we could see why some people would be taking team two, which is the Waddle and CEH side. It just, to all three of us, I think we're a little bit lower than consensus on Jalen Waddle. Correct. We don't see him balling out this year and going any higher. And Justin Jefferson is just going to keep being that guy. Justin so Jefferson just could why? be one of the best receivers of all time. Yes. We did put this one up on our Twitter, so go vote on it. We want to see the results. Yeah. Um, because between the three of us, we were pretty outspokenly taking Justin Jefferson here. But it happened in one of our leagues this weekend, and I think it, it was just a, a polarizing conversation that went on. However, on that note, we do have a really good trade that we got from at Dynasty Ballers on Twitter, and we're going to talk about that one real quick. So yeah. I'll read it out, and then Avery, I want your opinion right away. All right, sweet. We have Team 1 getting Kyle Pitts, Chris Olave, Bo Melton, and a 23 third. Kyle Pitts and Olave. Yes. Yep. And Team 2 gets DK Metcalf, ETN, Pat Fryermuth, and a 25 second. Kyle Pitts and Olave, 100% of the time. Okay. Not even, yeah. cl- not y- even y- close you- to me. No. I get, and look, I don't even like Kyle Pitts, but but let me look at that trade. I'm a visual guy. There you go. Um, first of all, Olave is a mid-late first this year. Kyle Pitts is a first-round startup pick. You got Metcalf going in the third or fourth yeah. etn going in the fourth or fifth probably firemouth going in the sixth or seventh so you're talking about a, at best a third a fourth and a seventh and a second for a first round startup pick and like a seventh or eighth round startup pick so if you're thinking about it in startup terms it's not close not to mention there's a lot of risk with dk metcalf he doesn't have a quarterback there's a lot of risk with etn he's coming off an injury he's a rookie he hasn't proven himself yet firemouth is a promising young tight end, but still not cracking the top eight. I mean, he's right there, but... And then the, the 25 second, why are you trading your 25 picks? Yeah, give me... I mean, Kyle Pitts is going to be somebody who, you know, he's going to produce for a long time, I think, and he has a ton, a ton of upside. Yes. And even if you wanted to flip Kyle Pitts after this trade, you would get a whole lot more than what you ended up giving up for him. Seriously, somebody would pay more than this for Kyle Pitts. I think so, but wh- what do you think, Nathan? I think... Uh the, the, the Metcalf, ETN, and Firemoose side, I completely understand why someone would take that because there are some pretty strong opinions on DK Metcalf. I mean, we're talking about, on Keep Trade Cut, the wide receiver ele- or wide receiver 10 on Keep Trade Cut. So you're, you're understanding why someone would want to take that. Same reason for Jalen Waddell. I mean, like in the Jalen Waddell trade for Justin Jefferson, he's, he's ranked as wide receiver six according to Keep Trade Cut. That's <laughs> how the Dynasty community values him. We value him way lower. If, if Jalen Waddell is the wide receiver six, that trade's even. Yeah, and yeah, then... But he's not. <laughs> yeah, so you're talking about the tight end one and then Alave going for the wide receiver 10 and ETN, who is the RB8 on Keep Trade Cut, and then Pat Fryermuth, who is... Probably tight end nine. Probably tight end. So value-wise, when it comes to what the Dynasty community is valuing, that's a heck of a fair trade. And in those terms, the Metcalf, ETN, Fryermuth side is getting a heck of a haul in exchange for Kyle Pitts and yeah, Olave. Yeah, I should clarify. I'll take, I'll take Pitts and Olave. Yeah, I should clarify so I don't get blasted. Value-wise, it is pretty fair right now. Uh, I'm just I'm just not preferring the the Metcalf ET. There's just a lot of risk there. Even Firemuth being a young tight end with some concussion history. Yes, but, exactly. but the other but the, what what 
what is kind of the icing on the cake for me in this trade is Alave. I'm a known Alave stan. Yeah, you are. Um, but I love I I love where he was picked in the draft. I was shocked he went that early. But that makes me think highly that that an organization like the Saints who who historically have they've actually drafted fairly well they've put together some pretty good draft classes in the last five years for them to move up and get a lave like that i think says a lot uh not to mention he's going to be trying to get targets from maybe michael thomas and jarvis landry and i mean and kamara is going to be what 27 i mean chris Olave has the situation too if he is that good he can break out this year and you know james winston can support a wide receiver like that if he does break out so i like the upside of Olave, and i've liked him a long time so that just that's the icing on the cake for me yeah so. little shade to the team who took dk etn and firemuth actually no shade at all that is going to be coming from me because no it's, you, it's pretty fair you, you know if you got an rb that you probably needed you were willing to give up a rookie wide receiver who is still worth the pick that he went in the 2022 draft. Nothing more, nothing less. And DK is worth more more than that. And he is a beast still. His situation sucks, but he can still possibly put up low, high-end wide receiver two numbers, I would yeah. wager. Um, Fryermuth, definitely, like you said, the, the biggest concern is the concussions. I, I don't think that's spoken about much, but he had a couple last season. He had a history of them at Penn State, and that, that can be a little bit scary. Yeah, and if, so, he, if he can move past that, you know, that wouldn't surprise me, but, like, at the same past. time, yeah, head injuries are no joke, and and so I'm not I'm not, not rostering Fryermuth because of that, but it's just a side note in there, so, but I, like I said, value-wise, barely even trade. Uh, let's get into our content for today, and that's going to be tight end. So this is um, probably not going to be as long of an episode as last week because running backs was pretty dicey. We got a lot of feedback, especially on the things like Brees Hall. Um, but thanks for giving us your feedback. We do like hearing that, and we like hearing how stupid we are because unlike some of you, we do not claim to know everything. So this week is no different. We're going to go into talking about tight ends, and we are going to walk down just our list of rankings in our Dynasty Domain CRBST, which you can find on our locals page. Uh, and basically, if these guys have any buy-sell ratios, there's not a ton, actually, um, but it, it not in the top. In the top 15, I mean, there's one buy and one sell. Uh, but these rankings aren't really updated, and actually, I disagree with a couple of these. So it's going to be an interesting discussion. Uh, I'll be the first to eat crow on Kyle Pitts because he is uh, the Dynasty Domain Titan 1. And... As I was doing more research into Kyle Pitts, I did realize how high his upside was. Now, I'm still not comfortable putting my first-round startup draft capital in a tight end. That does make me a little bit nervous, especially a tight end at that young. But for him to produce at the level he did last year with, with, with what, one touchdown, right, and, and the one in London, and, um, you know, not aside from Drake London not having a ton of target competition, I do think Kyle Pitts, and with tight ends playing, you know, typically a lot longer than wide receivers or, or running backs at a productive rate. I do think Kyle Pitts is a high upside, so he is our dynasty domain. Uh, I think he's unanimous number one. Uh, Simon, yeah. Oh, no, Simon has him at number two. Simon has it, yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, Mark Andrews, but it, yeah, it, it's, we're close. Mark Andrews is number two, uh, and I think we put a Twitter poll out today. Who would you rather have in a contending team, Mark Andrews or Kyle Pitts? And I think Mark Andrews is receiving upwards of 75% of the vote. So... Um, I think people are right to assume that we were th- we were thinking it would be closer than it was, but we're we're kind of glad that people are of the assumption that Mark Andrews is better for a contending team. And we let's go into that a little bit. The Mark Andrews versus Kyle Pitts because they're both in the same tier, um, and I could see 
people putting them both tied in one. So you in particular have Mark and you, we've all flip flopped them. I think. Yeah. From time to time. So let's talk about it. So so open up. Kyle Pitts versus Mark Andrews. What do you see here? Yeah. Um. I've just found that on most of my rosters, when I have Kyle Pitts, I'm not really super confident. I guess in that going into the next year because most of my rosters, I'm not just planning on going and donating my buy-in to the winner i am I'm, I'm in this league to go out and win and unfortunately as amazing as kyle could pitts could be long term and i know that and i know this is dynasty there a, a, a large part of dynasty is winning so um Truth. if i'm going into the year and i'm seeing kyle pitts on that lineup i'm not as confident and knowing that i can go trade kyle pitts and get mark andrews travis kelsey darren waller george kittle and then a big piece on top still i so that is saying i don't know i i just think in most cases mark andrews is young enough and he's going to produce quite a lot more so in probably nine out of my 10 rosters i'd prefer to have mark andrews there just because i I feel like he gives me a much better chance of going out winning and then guess what I get to play for free the next 11 years. Well, and how old is Mark Andrews? He's literally 26, 26 years old. Why is he considered a win-now asset even? So he, he has eight years left. Yeah, six, yeah. six We'll get into this later, but I did a study on how long tight ends historically have lasted in their longevity, and it's it's pretty impressive. Elite tight ends. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I found myself taking... And the thing is, like, if you're not snagging pits like in the early second of a startup draft... Most people aren't willing to pay the price to move up into the first to grab him. And even when he's drafted, most people aren't willing to pay the price to acquire him. It was actually seeing a Kyle Pitts trade. Was that in one of our leagues, the Kyle Pitts trade we did uh, just a minute ago? No. Which which that, trade? That was Sorry. from... Uh, oh, Pitt. no, that wasn't. That was from at Dynasty Ballers on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes. Um, you don't see him moved around a lot because, honestly, after he gets drafted in the startup, people just aren't willing to pay the prices, and I don't blame him. That's how I feel when I'm dr- drafting in a startup. But, uh, yeah, the, you know, it's it's tight. I would say it's tight in one and tight in two here, but but honestly, you couldn't make the argument that it's closer than people think, and I took Mark Andrews in the second round of a startup, and honestly, uh, I think he does deserve it to go in the mid, late, second, early, third round of a startup draft, uh, given the fact that Mark Andrews is only 26-year-old, and he is... A very, very productive tight end, as we saw last year. He's got all the tools uh, to produce at a very high level. So, yeah, it's more on Mark Andrews, Nathan. Yeah, well, one last thing mainly on Kyle Pitts. I would say, yes, we have him ranked as the overall tight end one, as he probably should be. Yet, if anyone were to be, like we can't, based on the algorithm, we can't have him as a sell. Or we can't have him as a buy when someone's at, at one unless, well, we can't have him as a sell. But he still seems to have significantly more value in dynasty than Mark Andrews does at two. And Mike Andrew, Mark Andrews is much more easy to acquire. He, he, he costs you some, but he's much more easy to acquire for a guy that's going to put up as much more points well, I mean, than Kyle yeah. Pitts is for a while. Yeah. Because Kyle, Kyle Pitts is a developing player. Plus look at team situation. Kyle Pitts's team situation sucks. Mark Andrews is set for quite a while. Yeah. Kyle Pitts as tight end one, that's great, but don't act like tight end one is equivalent to wide receiver one or running back one. Like he he is still a tight end and he has not he 
the right tight yes. end one could be more valuable. Yes, Correct. yes, yes. And that's the but, bet with Kyle Pitts is because Kyle Pitts yeah. is a receiver. Yeah, I He's understand a receiver it. that gets a tight end right. premium bonus. But if you're getting an atrocious amount for him, like a large amount for him. Like four first. Yeah, We've which, seen that happen. Which has happened before. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So and you're please take it. You're absolutely right. It is a lot, a ton easier to acquire Mark Andrews right now. And that is a lot more, in my opinion, that's a lot, a lot more bang for your buck. And, yeah. and there's too large of a gap between their values than there should yes. be in Dynasty. And, and why is Kyle, Pitt, Kyle Pitts ranked so much higher in tight end premium leagues than Mark Andrews when Mark Andrews is the one getting all of those targets and receptions? Now, and, like it, it, and you're going to get blasted for this because you said you know a tight end one is not a wide receiver one or an RB one. Because uh, in certain years, I mean, that tight end ones have actually gotten up to that point threshold, and yeah. so it is p- with rare. the tight end with, with the tight end premium bonus, it is possible, and that's kind of something I found when I looked into pits. So I'm just clarifying so you don't you don't get it. It's yeah. rare, so so it's not common, but I think typically you're right. It, it, there are cases where that could happen. Yeah, but. and that's not to say that I don't value Kyle Pitts as the tight end one. I literally have him ranked as the tight end one. I'm just saying be a little bit careful. If you're going to go out there and draft him in a startup super high and he's going to be your cornerstone asset as a tight end, don't count on it. I, I would I would put my money somewhere else, like yeah. in a quarterback or yeah. something. So I, I mean, you're definitely yeah, a lot less risk with that. But yep. moving down the list here, um, into our next tier, the next tier of guys is Kittle, Hawkinson, Kelsey, and Waller. Uh, you know, starting with Kittle, uh, who we have at number three, uh, he... And not like I said, not many of these guys are much of a buy or sell. The he's consensus number four across the board, and we have him at number three. The thing with Kittle is he still is only I think twenty eight years old, right? Yeah, and young twenty. I mean, if you and Kittle has questions about his health, but in reality, he actually hasn't missed that many games which is a good sign. He is an extremely dominant player when he's on the field. And when he is healthy, the man can take over a game and put up numbers that will hang with any of these guys in any of I mean in any of his top 10. Like like talking about productive tight ends, his numbers as Simon's about to tell us. I mean they are otherworldly. Simon, what do you got? Yeah, in a three-game stretch at the end of last season, we all remember it. He put up over a hundred points in three games. I mean, that's league winning. If you if that happens at the end of a season, yeah. So he averaged he averaged thirty four points per game from week thirteen to fifteen. Thirty four, and and you're talking about a guy that has probably you know five to six years production left. Uh, you could and you know I think the consensus number three here, and we'll get into this more as we talk about this tier is Kelsey. Um, and I think I think our justification for ranking George Kittle above Travis Kelsey still, although I think Simon, you've flip flopped them around now. Uh, I think at least mine is although Travis Kelsey is set to have another dominant year this year and probably another dominant year after that, he is 32, and I think I think we are going to see him start to drop off in value and eventually in production over the next two to three years. With Kittle, it's probably going to be more like six to seven years. I mean, if you're talking about the same timeline, George Kittle is going to be dominant for twice as long. So, in from a dynasty standpoint, you know, points wise, when they're both healthy, they're at least comparable. So why not take you know twice the tenure? And so for me, that is, I I, I do think George Kittle has a little bit still a little bit of untapped upside. I mean. Who knows what he'll do with a quarterback that their strong suit is not passing in Trey Lance. Who knows what will happen there? What do you got on George Kittle, Nathan? George Kittle um, is probably one of the most athletic tight ends, if not the most athletic tight end I've ever seen. He He's insane. All you have to do is watch a game and see him snag a one-hander 
across the middle of the field and it's like what what the heck just and then happened beat everybody yeah and he can just single-handedly destroy a defense and put up 50 points and then at the end of the game you're like oh he had a broken foot and then he's out for a few games and then he comes back and then he puts up another 40 like it's spot it's on. just it's otherworldly and, and this is exactly what i'm saying like you go down this list, really, this second tier, the only reason they're in a tier below Pitts and Andrews is because they're a little bit older, and Hawkinson maybe hasn't shown an entire season of elite production yet, but all of them have that same upside. And really, Kittle, above all these people, has demonstrated, maybe other than Andrews, he and Andrews really have shown the greatest upside that we've seen like for single games. Kelsey has put up the most consistent numbers for like six years straight. Oh, like, yeah. But Kittle, <laughs> I, I don't think he's put up more points in a game than Kittle has. No, I mean I, I don't quote me on that, but I'm almost I'm almost sure. And let's go ahead and transition here to Kelsey too, because um and I'm looking at where we have him ranked. Simon, so, you do have him at three above George Kittle. I have Kittle above him, but I've moved him above Hawkins Kelsey above Hawkinson now. Um I've also moved Kelsey above, I mean, Darren Waller. So I have Kelsey as my tight end four um, because I do think he still has a couple. And playing with Pat Mahomes with less target share than he did last year, I mean, it's kind of hard to beat that. But, Nathan, you have Travis Kelsey at six. Now, you're going to take uh, t- you're gonna take Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson ahead of Travis Kelsey, correct? Um, Darren Waller and Hawkinson over Kittle. Kelsey. Oh, over Kelsey sometimes yes sometimes no yeah, again it's a this hard is one. this is a either or for me this is a one two three kind of like one two three is for you uh with herbert mahomes and allen oh, yeah. like you'd take one i would take one of them each time uh, over each time that's kind of the same with me i i have hawkinson and waller above kelsey age-wise because i think that's how they should probably be valued in the dynasty community but i would probably pass up on them and go kelsey and have no problem with it i just think that that's probably how they should go like in terms of startup based on age but again it doesn't really matter to me and kelsey clearly has shown that he has a higher upside than either of those guys do and he has the best situation because he's the most experienced basically receiver in kc with mahomes yeah Simon, you did a whole short on this, so kind of kind of run us through your numbers on what you found when you uh, did some deeper research into tight ends and how they um, progress over age. Yes. Um, so first thing I wanted to say is Nathan, the f- as as I can see it, George Kittle has put up forty seven points in a game. Yeah. And Kelsey's put up forty six. So okay. if we're talking ceiling, they're they're so right Kittle there. Wins. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, was Kittle right. Wins. I was You're right. Kittle put that, up a few. That's though, as far right? as I looked, though. Kittle put up a few. Yeah, he had four, three in the forties. Yeah. Kelsey's had one that I've seen so far. Yeah. I mean, they're they're both insane. Yep. But the three, I think, greatest pass catching tight ends. We can. I mean, they're pretty notoriously Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten, and Antonio Gates. Right. I mean, those are the guys that we think of as like these old, tried and true, faithful. I mean, these guys just put yeah. up numbers for Be- before it. Before this new generation of tight ends kind yes. of came in. At least. Yes. Yeah. Um, at age 32, Travis Kelsey had more yards on the year than all of them in their age 32 season, tied for touchdowns with Tony Gonzalez, and had – this is this is weird. All three of those guys had 11 yards per reception at age 32. 
just 11. I mean, just 11. That's good. Travis Kelsey at 32 had 12.2. So he was a full yard and, and some over the, all of them. So he's already a step above just in that, right? And then so if we look as they as they age, I just did. I broke down their their targets, receptions, yards, touchdowns, yards per reception from the time they were 32 and then until the time they retired just to track their season-by-season season regression. Spoiler alert, none of them really regressed that much. The biggest regression out of any of them was only an 82% drop in production. And that was for Jason Witten, who we know kind of just had a had some problems and but he dropped 82% or he dropped down to like 82% of his previous production of of his production at age 32 even. Okay, so so, like the, so at, it was like his age 32 season. So it dropped 18%. 18% drop. Oh yeah, my bad. Yeah, I was like 80% it, it, it was 82% <laughs> of what it was. My bad. Well, that's not bad at all. No, that's not. And so if Kelsey's already a step above, these guys all went until they were 36, 37 and 38. If we could see Kelsey getting another five years of this insane production, even eighty percent of this. Yeah. He would still be a top five tight end on the year. Yeah, you're right. For the next five years. And and this is I mean, dynasty's about age, yes. So at a certain point you have to say, Okay, is Kelsey coming back? You know, kinda like a grown thing. We have to drop him down because we don't even know if he's coming back. But if he's going to put up those numbers with Patrick Mahomes, I still want those shares. Yeah. I still want him. And and I think I think a lot of it is just the unknown because you know I think at any I think at any moment in the next three years Kelsey could just retire. I think he's had such a successful career. He's won a Super Bowl, and if I mean if in the off chance the Chiefs win another Super Bowl or in the opposite direction just aren't doing super well, I could definitely see Kelsey hanging it up. Uh, I think you can tell that he has he's not the spring chicken he once was, but not in his production, and so. Uh, but as we see with a lot of NFL players these days, it doesn't really matter. People are retiring early now, and they they've kind of got their bag and and then they're heading out. So, but you just never know. So you can't count on that, and you can't factor that. I mean, you can't factor in surprise retirements, even though it wouldn't be a surprise for a 32 year old tight end to retire. You know, you still can't really factor it in. So that would be the only yeah. like big concern I think people would have. But but if you're right about that, and he is going to produce for another five or six more years, like then yeah, in a dynasty, that's a long time in a dynasty setting. That's a long time. It is a lot. Yep. A lot of dynasty leagues don't last. Don't that last long. five six years, mm-hmm. except our dynasty domain leagues. If you want to get in one, dynastydomain.com. Nathan, yeah. what's up? And just back to the future being unknown. Last time I checked, the future was always unknown. And last time I checked, very deep, Nathan. Wow, like very philosophical. Yeah, thank you, but the guys, Aristotle. If you don't know what's going to happen in the future, who are you going to put your faith in? Well, the one who's already shown that they've done it se- six straight years. Socrates. Or <laughs> shut up. <laughs> or the or like the new cool kid on the block who's a rookie and awesome like Brees Hall. The and new cool the, kid on the block. Like who? Can who, you tell Nathan was homeschooled? <laughs> oh, oh, that's a true story. You should see how bad he looks. Yeah. You can just tell. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. make fun of my hair. But that's that's all I'm going to say, really, I guess, about Travis Kelsey is, yeah, the future is unknown, but the future is unknown for literally everyone in Dynasty, and Travis Kelsey has shown year in and year out. Aaron Rodgers has shown year in and year out. Brady has shown year in and year out. As much as it pains me to say, he has shown it for 25 years. Yeah. So, 
he still has that value, even though he may play one more year, only one more year. He still has significant value. You mean you're not giving up and Brady for Tanny in a second? Oh, my gosh. Let's not talk about that. You know what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I want cake. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Go get it. Let's talk about TJ Hawkinson first. Um, we, yeah. TJ Hawkinson was, was his highest three in our rankings. Nathan, you still have him there, but they're, they're all in the same tier, so you can, you know, you can take them anywhere. But I think what's really kind of slowed me down on the TJ Hawkinson train because he's young and as much up, he has crazy upside and points wise he has a crazy ceiling. But I think what's slowing everybody down on this Detroit Lions offense is Jared Goff is mediocre and there's a lot of targets there to go around now. I mean you've got Amon Ross St. Brown who when there were not a ton of when there was not a ton of target competition there last year, he was commanding a lot of targets at the end of the year. And you have to wonder, bringing back the same quarterback, how many targets is he going to command this year? A healthy Swift is going to you know, command some targets too. He's, he's, uh, he's that type of pass-catching running back that you have to expect him to get some targets out of the backfield. Uh, they bring in a guy like DJ Chark, who they didn't pay him for nothing. I mean, they didn't. They don't bring in a receiver not to pay him. And you haven't even mentioned Jamison Williams yet, who they spent a first-round pick on. And they're clearly not going to put that much draft capital on a guy and not throw him the ball. So you've got a solid four or five guys that are going to command targets in this offense. I don't think you can always count on Hawkinson to, to be first in the pecking order to get the targets and, and be able to produce at a level to where he is sustaining a number three ranking in Dynasty. Couple that with a couple of health issues, and there's a little bit of weariness there for me because I'm thinking okay there's a lot of targets there and he needs to stay healthy I think his injuries haven't been that bad it's not a reason for me to short TJ but at the same time if I'm looking at him versus Kittle and Kelsey it's hard for me not to take the guys I know they're going to produce and especially guys like Kelsey who are Kelsey's on an offense with uh what Michael Hardman and Juju and Sky Moore and Sky Moore has two Y's in his names yeah I mean I'm not that's kind of what slowed me down on TJ Hawkinson um, and then in terms of Darren Waller, you know, I think that Darren Waller is the, kind of in the same situation with Devonte Adams coming in, and he's they're obviously going to be uh, only a couple guys there in in uh, Vegas that are going to get targets in. Josh Jacobs is going to get some, Hunter Renfro is going to get some, Devonte is going to get some, and then Waller is going to get some. And outside of that, there's not a lot. They don't have a lot of wide receiver depth. But these are two guys I think that you've got to at least think about. How many targets are they going to get? So, yeah, I uh, going down the list a little bit. We've got Dallas Goddard and Dalton Schultz in the same tier. Neither of them we really have listed as buys, slight buys at 0.5 and 0.5, which is really pretty irrelevant at that point. Goddard, I really think, is right where he belongs. We had a discussion, uh, man, a couple months ago where Simon was a huge fan of Goddard. He really convinced us that Goddard's we, awesome. I think we all were. And we agree that Goddard is pretty great. Um, but with the acquisition of A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts' limitations, that yes. doesn't really help Goddard move up anymore in our dynasty rankings. Because, um, a quick note on that. And I think that is because Devonta Smith, 900 yards in his rookie year, Devonta Smith, by the way, is going to command targets more than Dallas Goddard, in my opinion. So when you, if you have to pick somebody who's going to lose targets in that Eagles offense, I think it's going to be Dallas Goddard and not somebody like Devonta Smith. So, okay, go ahead. Yeah, and then with Dalton Schultz, um, I could see him actually going higher. He's got one more season here to prove. R- really, the only reason he's not higher is because he doesn't have a long-term contract with the Cowboys. Let's and well, we wouldn't have his have him ranked. 
we would have him ranked higher if he had if he had signed a long term long term contract. He got franchise tagged. Um, if he really balls out this season like he did last year, I don't really see why they wouldn't re-sign him unless they can't afford to because someone decided to stupidly sign Zeke Elliott years ago to like a very long-term contract, which you you don't pay running backs like that. Jerry, but they baby. did. Good old Jerry. Jerry. So anyways, Dalton Schultz, tight end eight. He He's very valuable. We don't have him as a, as a buy. I'm one of Dalton Schultz's biggest fans. I personally own him in many leagues, and I would highly recommend you get this guy. You can, you can get him for pretty good value um, later on in, in startup drafts. Hypothetical question for you guys. If Dalton Schultz signs a, first of all, if he at least matches his production from last year again this year, and he signs a multi-year high-money contract with Dallas next year? Top five. At least, right? Top five. Don't you think, Simon? Yes. Yeah, I could see him, depending on what Hawkinson does. I could see him jumping in front Waller of Hawkinson. and Hawkinson. And if Kelsey slows down at all, I could see him jumping yes. Kelsey. Understandable. I, I see, it's hard for me to see him jump Kittle or Pitts or Andrews. But I have a hard time seeing him jump Waller and Kelsey either because they just have those ceilings. They have those insulated Well, can targets. Wally and can can Wally can Waller and Hawkinson stay healthy? That's another big problem too. Schultz robot. has not shown that he's had that issue yet. He's played every game. The reason he even came into the picture in Dallas is because Jarwin couldn't stay healthy, and then he just took over. Yes, and yeah, Hawkinson and Waller haven't since being relevant. They haven't been able to play a complete season yet. Yeah. So. If Schultz can stay on the field every single game, then he probably can jump ahead. He's he's not that much older than Hawkinson, really. It's no actually very very close. Yeah, I think within a year, year and a half. And yeah, yes. and it's not like you know Dalton Schultz is valued correctly now, so that's why he's not a buy or a sell in our tool. But we're kind of giving you a heads up here. Like, I think it's a pretty good risk to take to acquire Dalton Schultz now. Because I think your return on investment, the odds of it being very, very high, are pretty good at the moment. I think there's a pretty good chance they re-sign him. Yeah. And so yeah. you get him cheap right now, he might be worth 40-50% more next year yeah. after he re-signs And as Nathan contract. says, if he if if Shirts jumps Wally, then we could we could really see this this pan out well. Yeah, this is just music to my ears because I I've been a right, Schultz shut truther shut up. for right, next, so long. Could we have you next? guys right, trashed me for it, and now you finally you literally finally come along. You can't even talk. You said Wally. That's a recycling I, robot, Nathan. <laughs> that movie was boring. That movie I was liked bad. that movie. Of course you did. Freaking. You want to talk like no? Him? All right, let's go. No. Uh, <laughs> our first buy actually gets an at number nine. Guess who it is? It could be Fryermuth. It could be Dawson Knox. <laughs> no, it Albert O. It could. Oh my. Okay, it's Cole <laughs> Komet. I can't go any further than that. It's Cole Komet, right? Colton Komet is this year's Dalton Schultz. I mean, the the targets are there. No, he, no, he's not this year's he's Dalton not, Schultz. Dude, you don't think he could? You don't no. think he could produce Cowboys offense? The Cowboys Bears offense. offense. Yeah, it's not even comparable. Whoa, time yeah. out. I'm not the first person to say that. That's and not then, that hot of a take. Then whoever else said that is dumb. That's not Just a hot like take. You. Dalton Schultz broke out, and you don't think Cole Komet can break out too? Yeah. Okay, so take a second to look at Dalton Schultz's game log and like the consistent touchdowns that he's putting up just because the, they score points, right? So there's a reason why Cole Komet's not higher on this list, and it's because he scored uh, the same amount of touchdowns as Deshaun Watson's points in 2022. Zero. 
Zero. And, and he still produced. Well, in 2021, yeah. Zero so so you really don't think that he could add even six or seven touchdowns, improve on his yardage. There's no car- target competition there. Justin Fields could take a step up, and you really don't think it's in the car. No, I do. That's that why he could make I've a always, big jump like Dalton Schultz. Did. I've always been high on him. Yeah, okay, I understand. Yes, a big jump just like Dalton Schultz did. You're right. That's what I said. Yes, okay, my bad. I thought you mean like, but no, even if Dalton Schultz, even if Cole Komet does this, we're not going to see Dal- him having a chance of having like the same ceiling that Dalton Schultz has in Dallas. Because Dalton Schultz had a few games in the high 20s, low 30s, right? Just because he's not really anything special. He's not that elite athlete, athlete like Kittle or Goddard or, or Kelsey. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Komet's, well, he is more more so than Schultz. But he's not on that same offense like Dallas has where he's just going to put up yards yeah. and points. And there's other people for the defense to focus on. There's yep. other... Because we talk about target competition interchangeably right where in one and sometimes it's now we don't want the target competition because it takes away but other times we'll look at the target competition and say this might help that player produce more because when they get the ball in their hands there's it's easier for that to happen especially for tight ends you ever played retro bowl it's always easier to throw to the tight ends because the (laughs) retro bowl is basically real nfl football yeah that's how we know so much yeah and i i do avery like simon i do understand what you're saying about commit breaking out like schultz did however the team situation is so drastically different let me let me just say right now before you interrupt me 3200 passing yards for the bears last season 4,800 passing yards for the Cowboys last season. Yeah, compare the passing touchdowns. 40 passing touchdowns to go around for the Cowboys last season. 16 for the Bears. 542 total passing attempts in Chicago. 647 in Dallas. That is over 1,000. That's over 1,500 yards more of opportunity that Dalton Schultz is getting over Komet. That is literally more than twice the amount of touchdowns that are being distributed and more than 100 passing attempts. Are you comparing Schultz and Komet last year? Because I didn't, literally didn't say anything about that. Yeah, but yeah, do you but see why, the Cowboys offense? Sure, absolutely. But, there, but there's a pretty big difference here. There's a couple big differences. Number one, target share is big. There's The Bears have no one. Admit it. The Bears have nobody, Nathan. They have Byron Pringle. They have nobody. But they had no one last year either. I know, but rookie quarterback, the worst, I mean, arguably the worst coach in the NFL. Valid. They had one of the worst offensive systems. So I, you can spit out last year's numbers as much as you want, and they're they're valid, Wink. But you really don't think that Justin Fields is going to get better this year? You really don't think that the passing opportunities are going to go up that much? You really don't think there are going to be more? You think they're going to throw for 16 passing touchdowns again? Do you think you think they're going to throw for 1,500 less yards than the Cowboys again this year? Do you think year? they're going to get as high as the Cowboys were last no, year? No, but at the same no. time, if they can even improve by like 30% and Cole Komet gets a much larger share of the red zone targets, you really don't think it's in the cards for him to make a big jump next year? He was already a tight end to low end, and you don't think if he adds seven or eight touchdowns and gets even 20 or 30 more targets and adds maybe a couple hundred more yards, I mean, then you're putting him in the uh, low tight in one range. Yeah, and why can't Schultz do a little more either and even go hey, up a little more too because Amari Cooper's gone. I, you, I you, guess, but I don't see Schultz doing that. It's I mean, C.D. Lamb and then Michael Gallup a, if he can stay healthy and then it's Schultz. But when I'm not talking about Schultz. I was talking about Komet. Right, and Komet, it's Mooney and Komet with <laughs> a clearly... Clearly not new coach, less competition. 
tight end not as another a quarterback year, as Dak in fantasy terms. A quarterback that's going to have a year under his belt, and he, I'm not the Justin yeah. Fields stand, but he's going to be better than he was last year. The big, yeah, no, I'm not arguing with you that Komet will be worse. Like overall, Komet will probably be. We literally have him ranked as what our tight end nine overall. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's completely plausible. He's not going to outdo Schultz, and it's not going to be close. Yeah, I mean, not even close. I, I think didn't say that. I, I agree, and there's a reason. Avery, he's my most rostered player in Dynasty. He's Cole Komet, I have him in 78% of my leagues, yeah. which is probably overkill. But I just, I, I completely agree in theory. But just what Nathan's saying, it's so hard to add 100 targets, 1,500 yards, 24 passing touchdowns in a, in a place like Chicago that's not really trending in the offensive direction anyways. And I understand, and I get it, because Cole Komet is probably the best player there outside of Darnell Mooney for like for target competition's sake. But why didn't he... I don't know. Just in that bad of an offense, you're not seeing him ever have Dalton Schultz tight end three this overall. Is, this is always what happens. This is dumb. Cole Komet could have... Or Cole Komet could improve like Dalton Schultz improved. The Bears are not as good of an offense as the Cowboys. They're not going to throw for that many yards or touchdowns or have that many passing attempts. Dalton Schultz is going to outproduce Cole Komet this year. Cole Komet can make a big jump. That's literally all I said. Yeah. And you just start arguing things I didn't even say. Yeah. I never. E- I, even if he makes a big jump, though, I still don't think it'll be as big of a jump as Dalton Schultz. Okay. If you say so. I mean, so, if you want to nitpick that much, then yeah, technically, I mean, then Dalton Schultz <laughs> is still going to be over Cole Komet. You got me. I think I think we're agreeing a lot more than <laughs> like we I said, think we Cole are. Komet, maybe the next Dalton Schultz. I mean, I think this is a guy that could definitely take a big step up this year. Yes. Uh, Dalton Schultz yeah. came out of nowhere and really, really produced, and I think Cole Komet has the tools. Yeah. He has the frame. He has the target share to be able to take a big step up exactly like Dalton Schultz did. Yeah. So basically what I said was right, and we're moving on. Pat Fryermuth is the guy we have at 10, and we know we talked about Fryermuth a little bit earlier. There's a little bit of sketchiness with the you know, concussion history, but at the same time, and this is Hayden that came out and produced his rookie year, which is really impressive, especially when you've got a literal concrete statue throwing you the ball. I mean, in Ben Roethlisberger. Ben, ben literally couldn't move last year. His passes weren't extremely spectacular by any means. Dude, he did some of those fake pumps, man, where you're like, oh, I'm sure everybody he could go another him. 10 years. Yeah, I'm, everybody literally was waiting for him to drop dead on the field. <laughs> it was <laughs> so no funny. It, it was, was bad. And Frymuth had some really impressive red zone plays. Yeah. I mean, and that's what led to him actually being productive as a rookie. Yep. I think there is a universe. I'll just say this real quick. I think there is a universe where Pat Frymuth is being overvalued a little bit, and he can, yeah. he can slide down a yep. little bit. Talk about wide receiver competition in Pittsburgh. Oh, my gosh. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, I don't care what you think about him. He's still target competition. And then they just brought yes, in George is. Pickens, not to mention who knows what the heck Kenny Pickett is going to do. Who knows if he's even going to start at the beginning of the season. Trubisky very well could be starting. And neither of those guys, last time I checked, have the elite upside to feed the ball to every single one of those receivers and tight ends and all of them putting up like elite production. That just seems pretty unrealistic to me. If I were to put my money on a guy that would maybe maintain, still maybe drop a little, but be as close to maintaining his production from last year, it'd be Deontay Johnson over Pat Fryermuth. 
Yeah, and I think Claypool is still there. And as much as everybody hates Claypool because he broke the, he broke everybody's hearts when he sucked. Um, he's still only what? What's his age? How old is he? Twenty three or twenty four? Can't be older than that. He's twenty five. No, no, no. Claypool. Claypool. Oh, Nathan. my bad. My bad. Yeah, I think he's twenty three. That's kind of ridiculous, actually. That he's still that young. I mean, yeah, I think every I, I have to apologize to you. We do have a tendency to hear you for saying things you didn't say at all, like. Chase Claypool, you, in you, apparently you said Juju Smith Schuster. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's not. So not I, I apologize. I'm I just, sorry. I just have to sit here. We just hear it. the wrong things. It's all right. Yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. Nathan, but it's yeah. all right. Uh, and with Frymuth, I think, um, <laughs> like I said, uh, I'm just. Uh, it would I'm not. Just sorry. It, it would not surprise. It's, it's Simon. It's okay. It would not surprise me if Frymuth, you know, didn't necessarily with a new quarterback and probably. A different scheme this year wouldn't surprise me if Fryermuth took a step back, but he's still a good. I think he's still a good young asset to have on a fantasy team. He's not somebody I'm owning a lot of right now, just because people are valuing him so high. I can end up flipping him for one of the guys in like the second tier, and with if I had like a second or something, which is which yep. is pretty good. I yep. think this is how the dynasty market works. I mean, we we loved Pratt Fryermuth as a prospect going into his rookie season last year, and we were right. And like a lot of people didn't believe in him. Everyone was so focused on Kyle Pitts. And then it's like, Oh, Pat Frymuth can actually like be a cool tight end too. And then everyone got way too high on him. And now that was mainly not really worth investing in him for, for like the place he's going in and startups mainly. That that was mainly you. That was on a prime. So good job. See, I don't crap on you the whole time you talk. Do you see how I do that? Yeah. Yeah. It's really kind of me, isn't it? It's super cool. Uh, so Fryermuth at ten. Let's go down. Gasecki is at eleven. This is where it gets hairy because very I, honestly, at this range, you're taking anybody but Dawson Knox. And with Gasecki, I think it's a similar situation to what we have with Goddard. I think Gasecki before Tyreek Hill gets there is is going to be the second option behind Jalen Waddle. I think he's going to get quite a bit of volume. He's he's a more of a down the field tight end, but. Tua had some success throwing down the field to Gasecki last year, and Gasecki has really good hands. He's extremely athletic. He's practically a receiver, and so you look at you know how he's lining up. It's almost always uh, off the line, off the um, offensive line, and and going out and actually running routes. And you know, I I I had him higher than this, but Tyreek really threw a wrench through things and threw. I think we liked Mike Gasecki a lot before that, but. Tyreek's messed some stuff up, including Waddle, including Gasecki. So we just kind of don't know what the Dolphins are going to do. But 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 like I said, at that point, it's anybody but Dawson Knox. Uh, even on the next one, that number twelve, we have Noah Font. Uh, people are going to trash us for taking Noah Font over Dawson Knox. Do it, trash us. Simon's taking Dawson I, Knox I'm over Font. I'm taking Dawson Knox, and honestly, I'm getting to the point where I'm considering him over Mike Gasecki. So let's hear your case on Noah Font, and then I'll tell you why I'll take Dawson Knox. Uh, a tight end with actual upside. Literally, imagine if Dawson Knox played for any other team. Legitimately, like the Bears. Yeah. Okay. Take take the Bears. Put put Dawson Knox on the Bears, and he doesn't sniff the production that that Cole Komet had last year. Put Dalton Schultz on the Bears. I mean, Dalton Schultz would be worse. Obviously, that's a worse offense. So the point. So what's is, your point? <laughs> we we value Dalton Schultz because he produced on an elite offense in Dallas. Sure. What's the difference with Dawson Knox, who is if we're if we're valuing Cole Komet as the second option for Justin Fields behind Darnell Mooney, I don't know. who's not even that elite of a first option? Why, who's who's the second option? So you don't like Gabe Davis, right? Correct. So who's the second option to Stephon Diggs in in Buffalo? 
probably Gabe Davis. Okay. Yeah. So anybody is Josh and, Allen's and then, third option De- still and then, valuable? And then Devin Singletary. No. No. Dawson Knox is going to be the 2B target option no, for, for Josh Allen. Yeah, he, I, they'll find a way. And I, that's why I still want him. No. Uh, he, oh, especially over Noah who, Who's the tight end that they brought actually brought in this year? O.J. Howard. Oh, look at him get freaking snaps. I, yeah, I sw- you look I sw- at him getting snaps in, in What do you think they brought him in for? Tampa Bay. To sit on the bench? What did he do in Tampa Bay? It does, I mean, but he's sitting behind Gronk. I know, that's why I know. He left. But, but Dawson Knox isn't Gronk. Dawson Knox looked good last you, year. On, you and, asked me the difference between Dalton Schultz and Dawson Knox. You're Mr. Numbers. How about you look it up? Because it's pretty clear once you look it up. On what? Dawson Knox and Dalton Schultz. So you're talking like combine numbers? No. I'm talking about like even just straight targets. Oh, yeah. Well, we've how been, about we've fantasy, been over fantasy production without scoring a touchdown? We, we've been over this before. Yes. And I, I've never been that high on Dawson Knox. And I'm still not high on him. But I'm high on his situation. I mean, because he's you, you can say Buffalo. that because he's playing with Josh Allen. Yes, exactly. You could say that about Miko Hardman. He's playing. I mean, he's playing with Pat Mahomes in in a why, wide receiver room that doesn't we, have a ton of talent. So we're high on MVS because why? That's, I'm saying you can make the same argument for any of those guys. And, yes. And with Buffalo, I get it. Somebody has to catch passes in Buffalo. I understand. Yes, but but, but at the same time, if I'm rostering a tight end, I mean, who do I think is going to have more long term value? Gasecki. I mean, honestly, Dawson Knox is, is is replaceable. I think he's more replaceable in the Bills' offense than Gusecki because the thing with Josh Allen and the thing with elite quarterbacks is you can take almost any tight end. This is proof of that. You can take almost any tight end and plug him into the offense, and they're going to be at least somewhat productive. Yeah, so Dawson Knox is in that offense. And so, like, let's see. I'm not moving him higher than... I, I still have him at 12 for a reason. I, I'm not willing to put him over Gusecki yet. The problem is... Let's see. He goes next year and signs a three-year contract with the Bills. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, they like what they have there. But he's not signing a big money contract. And honestly, I don't see him signing long-term there. I mean, with the Bills, like I, I don't think their number one focus is going to be that tight end position. Because honestly, I mean, I think Dawson Knox got a lot of red zone opportunities last year. But outside of that, Josh Allen wasn't exactly... And you Bills fans can say whatever you want. But I, I mean, I watched the games and I've looked at the numbers. Josh Allen wasn't exactly targeting Dawson Knox outside of the red zone a whole lot. It, I mean, it, he just wasn't. He that wasn't. doesn't matter. He still did target him in the red zone. He was a red zone but, but weapon. The, but the he was whole, a specialist. But the whole thing is, Dawson Knox is very unlikely to reproduce the red zone because he, yes. he had such a good red zone year last year. They ended up being a tight end. Yeah, yeah. We, we've gone over this before. I mean, in his, his yards per catch and his number of targets compared to the other tight ends finishing in the top 12 yeah. and his receptions and, and the the rate at which he was getting red zone targets versus normal targets and all that. And we were saying this is considerably lower than all the guys being ranked in his range. But the problem with that versus Noah font, who is throwing the ball to Noah font next year? Drew Locke. Same guy that was throwing it to him. Geno Smith. Yes. But who is throwing the ball to Dawson Knox? And and for me, I get it. yes. Yeah. And I get what you're saying too, because we were seeing Noah font was what was he? He was a late first round pick, right? In the uh, NFL. Yeah, I think so. Uh, or a second. I forget. Um, and Dawson Knox was a nobody who was hardly getting drafted in Dynasty last year. He couldn't catch the ball. Was notorious for having bad hands. Noah Font was the 20th pick. 20, okay. I, I thought he was. Yeah. There you go. Um, so I, I understand. Noah Font was that guy. He was that elite prospect. You know, he was the David Njoku of, of his class because, you know, and everyone's still high on him because of it. But Dawson Knox is the one who's been doing it. 
I get that. And I think, you know, in a year when the Seahawks have a new quarterback that everybody's excited about, this one ain't even going to be a discussion. Which, yeah, is, which, is, which is why I'm putting Noah Font above him now. But in, term, in terms of talent, I'll take Font. In terms of upside, I'll take Font. In terms of confidence that they'll last in the league a long time, I'll take Font. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and confidently tell you that I think Dawson Knox is going to be a reliable fantasy tight end in five years. And tight end being one of the most productive over a long period of time positions in probably the most in in dynasty football they obviously they play until they're old Dawson Knox isn't a guy I see he's he's not he's not commanding any targets in Buffalo he's getting targets because he's playing with arguably the best quarterback in the league you you can see it what you saw it with Andrew Luck and Eric Ebron Eric Ebron went off one year. You saw, you saw it. Eric Ebron went off. He, he scored a million touchdowns. He looked really, really legit. I mean, he had a ton of fantasy points. And what happened when Luck left? You take away the elite quarterback from the mediocre tight end, and the mediocre tight end looks pretty mediocre again. And then he goes to the Steelers to prove himself because he's a diva, and he's not – I mean, Eric Ebron is a punk anyways. And what is he doing in Pittsburgh? Nothing. Not a – Zilch. All credit to Josh Allen. It, it, Josh Allen is the reason that da- Dawson Knox is even in this discussion. It's all Josh Allen. And somebody has to catch passes in Buffalo. But if I'm talking about who I'm going to put my chips in on in a dynasty setting and somebody that I want to last me quite a while, I'm not confident that Dawson Knox is that guy. Because honestly, if he goes away from Buffalo, I'm really, really sweating his value at that point. And that's a little bit too much for me. I don't think he's good enough for Buffalo to make a long-term commitment with. If they did, I think it would be a bit of a different story. But with Font and the upside and the draft capital and, and the potential for a new quarterback after a year, I'll take that all day. I don't even like Noah Font. And, and, but I have Dawson Knox right after him, so I have him at 13. If you are, value, are valuing Dawson Knox so high in Dynasty as a tight end because of the touchdowns he scored last year, think again. If your reasoning is a little bit more reasonable, I guess – like Simon is saying, the most reasonable reasons are because he's playing with Josh Allen, and there are literally, outside of Stephon Diggs, who had 163 targets, there's 500 targets to go around, and 4,200 yards and 36 touchdowns. That's last season. Now, how many... Let, let's look at the tight ends that we have ranked above this tier, which is Font, Knox, Gusecki, mm-hmm. um, on, on teams that are on less, very less than elite offenses. Kyle Pitts, number one. Hawkinson, number four overall for us. Goddard, number seven. Komet, nine. Fryermuth, ten. There are tight ends, literally half the tight ends that we have in the top 12 are on not elite offenses, and they've shown that they can produce because tight ends seem to... uh, not reflect the ability of their offense because they're usually the easiest option for garbo quarterbacks. So Noah Font could definitely, I, I could see a world where Noah Font surprises many people in the dynasty community and actually put some, puts up some pretty impressive numbers with some pretty jank quarterback play in Seattle. I'm, I'm totally with you there. I, 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 I mean, I mean, you're admitting, Simon. If you if you're taking one on NFL team, you're taking Font all day. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, it, but I like I said, it's, obviously it's the understand the amount. Buffalo it's, situation, and I have come, I, I have come around a little bit when it comes to that idea of I don't really value Dawson Knox much higher, and I'm not drafting him in startups where he's going. 
However, I mean, the you, targets do need to go somewhere, you, and you, you acknowledge you that can start as well. A, you, could, so, you could easily start Dawson startable. Knox on a contender team this yes. year. Yes. And, and, and here's what I think, and, he, and, and even years, yeah, you know, saying, you know, that would be a little bit tough if you're really contending. You want somebody better than that. But but here's the problem is people in our leagues are going to start Dawson Knox and be like, oh, I told you, you were wrong about Dawson Knox. And and really, I and mean, I don't think anybody's arguing, I'm almost 100% sure Dawson Knox will be in the high tight end two range this year. I'm almost sure that's where he's going to fall. So I... After this year, after he produces, after he helps your team contend, you're not really correct. I, I'll, I'll be right. We'll be right two to three years from now when 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 Dawson Knox has dramatically fallen in our rankings because of the long term value questions that we had now. Well, we have no doubt that you can use him as a contender piece this year and still be okay. I would definitely look for somebody better if you're really contending. But at the same time. Our victory doesn't come now. Our victory comes in two to three years. We worry about the longevity of this guy, and I think that's valid. If I'm if I'm trying to figure out who I think is going to have a better, longer NFL career between Font and Knox, I'm absolutely thinking Font, and it's Dynasty, so well, I, I've got to gravitate towards that. Yeah, can we talk about uh, Ertz and McBride? Oh, we skipped over Irv Smith. We... Okay, we can touch on Irv Smith a little. I like Irv Smith, like. too. I, I honestly, at, at cost, I'm taking Irv Smith over Dawson Knox right now. I'm drafting him Irv Smith over Dawson Knox because, I mean, not over him in order, but I'm drafting him in you know later rounds, and Dawson Knox is going earlier. I like Irv's value. I do think Irv is on an offense this year where Thielen is good, and obviously Jefferson's a, <laughs> incredible. But, I mean, I do think there's a good chance that Irv, if he stays healthy, can have a very, very good year and potentially break out. Uh, don't be surprised if he moves up these rankings, too. I really like Irv Smith. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, Zach Ertz on the Cardinals. Undervalued. V- yeah. Yeah. Talk about S- a contender smash late in your... Hey, so this I mean this is easy. Would you, on a contending team would you rather have Ertz or Knox? Oh, Ertz. Ertz? It's not even close. Like Yeah. I, I, Talk I, about a second that's, option. That's why but it, one's actually good. Yes. Yes. That's why it's weird for that's just a disclaimer. That's why it's weird for Knox is because even though he's ranked this high, you don't really want him long term. And on contenders there are people lower that are better options. But talk talk about Zach Ertz, man. I, I am a Zach Ertz stan here and I get I get it. Yeah, this is just interesting to me though, because you almost didn't hear much about Ertz with the last couple of years because he got hurt in 2020 and Wentz sucked. And then it was like, oh, yay, Dallas Goddard's the new cool guy. Um, and he's really and he's really good. Um, but Zach Ertz is 31 years old. He's younger than Travis Kelsey. And he literally, Simon was just showing me the game log. He literally has shown the exact same ceiling and the exact same consistent play when he's on the field as Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is in the three to six range. Ertz isn't even close to the top twelve. And he's why? And he's old. Why? But the, the the difference, I guess, would be because he wasn't on an elite offense in the Eagles, and there were so many questions at quarterback. Well, now he's on an elite offense with Kyler Murray. What do you think he's gonna do? I don't know why we have Zach Ertz ranked behind Hunter Henry. Yeah, here. we need to we need to adjust our <laughs> rankings because this is. It kind of was like a big awakening and slap in the face. If you're a guy who wants to get as much young value out of your contending dynasty team, go flip one of your higher value tight ends and get Zach Ertz and then get Trey McBride. 
because then you have Bingo. a ton of production this year, enough production to put you in the conversation to contend, and Titan will not be your issue. And then when when Zacherts retires, stepping into his role is the best Titan prospect in this year's class in Trey McBride, somebody who I promise you is going to produce in the NFL someday. And I think it's just going to be when Zacherts decides to retire. But you have a multi-year plan there of productive tight ends, and if, if Trey McBride you know, turns out, I mean, that is... And, and then you have whatever value you got in the difference between trading away whatever tight end you did and getting Zach Ertz. I mean, if you're somebody who's looking for that young capital or the young value or the draft capital, man, Zach Ertz is a killer option for a contending team. I mean, the secret's out at this point, and I think I've got him in as many leagues as I want him in now, so go get him because, I mean, at price, if you're, if you're, if you're putting together a price-to-production ratio, I'll tell you, Zach Ertz is off the chart, man, and he's a solid tight end. Oh, my, yeah, absolutely. I mean, probably anyone after... Darren Waller, anyone after Dalton Schultz, Zach Ertz is probably who I want on my contending team. Maybe even over TJ Hawkinson. Which is crazy. I mean, I, you know, and obviously our dynasty rankings are a lot more than just you yes. know, production. Yes. But it's just crazy because we still, even us, we still have Zach Ertz at 16. I mean, he's one of the best. I think he's one of the best production guys at cost in all of dynasty football. I mean, I, I, I it's it's kind of ridiculous. D Hop is suspended. <laughs> AJ Green is old. Kirk, Christian Kirk is bad. Rondell Moore. Chase Edmonds short. is gone. Rondell Moore. Is Christian short. Kirk. Not only is Christian Kirk bad, Christian Kirk is gone. <laughs> did I say gone? Yeah. I didn't say. I didn't say Christian Kirk bad. I said Christian Kirk gone. You, yes. You, I swear you, you did say you Christian, Christian Kirk, Kirk is bad. bad. Oh, I thought I said AJ Green is bad. Oh, Christian Kirk. <laughs> Christian Kirk equals gone. Kyler Murray equals better than Lamar. Kyler Murray equals good passer. So Zach Ertz is equal to second option on the Cardinals, probably. And look at what he did as a second option last year. It wasn't anything that impressive, because he was just no, coming. No, 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 timeout, timeout. It was game log. It, it, I've already done the math. I've, I've like literally put together stuff for a short on him. Oh, he, nice. He averaged. Ooh, he was averaging like thirteen or fourteen points a game when when Hopkins was out and Kyler was in, because there were a couple games there where Kyler was out and Hopkins was out, but he still produced. I mean, he still was averaging thirteen or fourteen points a game. Oh, so yeah. in terms of in terms of you know what is he maybe going to do this year? I mean, Kyler also was not at full health at the end of last year, and he kind of sucked at the end of the year. Kyler did. So if Kyler comes out hot like he did at the beginning of last year and you have Zacherts as the second option on that team Zacherts is like legit going to put up some now obviously early on is not your focus in dynasty if you're a contender and you want to get to the playoffs I do still think after DeAndre Hopkins comes back that Zacherts is going to be an overly productive tight end given his cost and given his age so I think we all I think we all see that in Zacherts Wor- and, yeah. and Zacherts is, is tied in 18 on key trade cut go get him yep worried you worried he's not going to play uh long term he literally just signed a three-year 31 million dollar contract yeah, that's a with good 14 contract. guaranteed he is guaranteed to play through the 2024 he, he, season he is an elite athlete three too. years he's not slowing down yet I mean it's like you do realize three years is a lifetime in Dynasty. That's a long time. People people think of two or three years and they're like, oh yeah, whatever. And seriously, it's crazy how many how many Dynasty leagues crash. In that yeah, well, of time. So, yeah, so many teams have been flipped around already in a manner of months. It's because so many things happen so fast, and in Dynasty, no wonder a lifetime is three, four years because so much change happens in that time. Yeah, uh, and and the guy we have. Below Zachers is David Njoku, who I'm going to put him in the Irv Smith category. He's a guy with a lot of potential that if he stays healthy, he could actually, well, it just depends with her. I mean, I mean, obviously, it, David Njoku, if, if Jacoby Brissett is throwing the ball for the Browns, 
probably not going to break out. But when Deshaun Watson comes back, if Deshaun Watson comes back, <laughs> if Deshaun Watson comes back, then David Njoku is a serious breakout candidate there. I think he's got the phys- physical tools. Like, holy smokes, man, that guy's ginormous. And the talent, too, if he has that top five, you know, dynasty quarterback throwing to him, he could easily jump up these rankings, too. But that a lot that hinges a lot on the Deshaun situation, which, despite what you might think, isn't as cut and dry as you thought it was before. Better get with it. Uh, talk about the talk about the next two guys. Simon, you talk about McBride, and then Nathan, you talk about your your guy after that. So. Yeah. But talk talk to us about Trey McBride, somebody that we've seen in person. Oh yeah. Okay. So we saw McBraby at the at the combine. McRib. Oh yeah. He was he was pretty dang impressive. Um, also, I think we should make like a counter of how many times Nathan says the word heck when we're when we're on air because I think it's pretty funny. I've been noticing that. All right, we can do really? it. We can do a yeah. counter. Oh, yeah, man. I'm gonna do it when I listen. I'm, I'm gonna work on that. Sorry. No, it's oh, funny. It's heck, it's funny. funny, man. Yeah, it's cute. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, McBride, good, crazy in college. Put up over a thousand passing passing yards, over a thousand receiving yards. Um, good with the ball in his hands. Great route runner. Great blocker. He's going to be on the field. So I think he's the reason why Zach Ertz is valued so low. But as we all know, um, as Dynasty owners, it takes an average of two to three years for a tight end to really break out, which is honestly maybe indicative of why Zachert signed a three-year deal because they're expecting, okay, yep, give us three years. You're probably going to want to retire then, and McBride takes over. He's good to go. Brain. So um, Stash, put him on your taxi squad. I mean, I think McBride is a is a great option there, and you could even see some Fryermuth like production from him. Yeah, where he's he's on a great offense. If they're doing two tight end sets, he's he's still gonna get the ball. He could maybe put up three or four hundred yards this year. Sure, and three I, or four touchdowns. And, and he may not even be flexible yet. But I don't. And I another thing about Trey McBride, unfortunately, is I don't see anybody trying to go get him right now unless you have Zach Ertz. That's the only. I think that's the only scenario where I'd really go out of my way to get McBride right now. And the reason for that is in three years, he'll, his price will be either I think the same or less than it is now because I think after two or three years of sitting behind Zach Ertz, people are gonna forget or they're going to be lower on him. Whereas right now, I mean, he's already tied in fourteen on keep trade cut, and you know he's not gonna sniff that in terms of production sitting behind Zach Ertz. So I think the only way I'm going out of my way to get Trey McBride is if you have Zach Ertz, I think. But I think if you do, that's a good succession plan. So Nathan, talking about buys, convince us. Okay, so uh, one of uh, one of the biggest buys we have here on our CRBST is the one, the only, Logan Thomas, who is the tight end for the Washington football team, excuse me, the commanders. He is a 8.5 plus buy. Um, he's ranked in keep trade cut as tight end 31 currently and ADP 25. Um, I, I was looking in my shorts just, uh, or while, while I was, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was looking. As opposed to your pants. I was <laughs> looking at my short, kind of trying to figure out where I wanted to go with this. And I was like, you know what? I'm really curious what players are going ahead of him in startup drafts. Let me just read you a little list here of uh, the guys that are going ahead of him. Johnu Smith, Adam Troutman, Austin Hooper, Evan Ingram. Yeah, those are the tight ends. I uh, want to hear some other players that are going ahead of him. LaVisca Chenault, Marquez Callaway, Sam Howell, fifth round pick. Terrace Marshall, Chuba Hubbard, 
Justin Ross, literally undrafted. <laughs> Brian Edwards. <laughs> those guys, those guys are funny. consistently going ahead of Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas in 2020 was playing with Taylor Heineke for most of the season, and then Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith for a few games to start. He averaged 13.3 points per game that season. This past year, he only played five games because he tore his ACL and had some injury issues. He still averaged 12.5 points per game. Carson Wentz is coming to play for the commanders he is by far in a way the best quarterback they've had in fantasy since Kirk Cousins and it's not even close please look up a list of the quarterbacks since Kirk Cousins that have played for Washington you will need to run to the bathroom and throw up in the toilet it's so bad Carson Wentz was able to support Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz in 2019 with Ertz averaging 17.3 points per game and got her 11.6 points per game. That's combined literally over 20, uh, that's 27.9 points per game combined. 28.9. Yes, they were both elite tight ends and and, and we see that now with Goddard being ranked as high as he is in Dynasty. So really the, the decider for me was in 2021, Carson Wentz has Mo Ali Cox and Jack Doyle as his top two fantasy tight ends. They are great for the Colts as run blockers not great in fantasy. Combined, they literally averaged 12.5 points per game. How many points per game did Logan, Tom- did Logan Thomas average last year? 12.5. So he has nowhere to go except for up? He literally has nowhere to go except for up. Or back to the injury tent. Yeah, it, which yeah. everyone gets everyone gets injured. It's football. So, like, why, why are you worried about the Calm injury? Down. He, We're just kidding. He has... Yes, he tore his ACL. He's 31 years old, but he still, as a tight end, has very little wear and tear because he's like, yes, he's in a wheelchair and he can't walk. But no, (laughs) tore his ACL. We don't. Jake Dobbins tore his ACL. Everyone doesn't get hurt. Brees Hall hasn't gotten hurt yet. Anyways, Brees Hall gets hurt. Plus, overall, there's just way less talent around Logan Thomas in the offense in Washington compared to like Carson Wentz in the Colts last year with like some guy named Jonathan Taylor who. You know, is good. Took most of the touches. Pittman, who had yeah, this is an over a thousand yards. This is a massive upgrade. He's going from Pittman and Mo Ali Cox to Terry McLaurin, Dotson, and Jahan Dotson. Well, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, Gibson. Janie McKissick. Yep. Yeah, but but combined, they're they're not going to give Thomas more competition, like like as a as a tight end. Literally this year, Logan Thomas's floor is going to be twelve point five points per game. That's a bold his prediction. Ce- <laughs> his ceiling, his ceiling is higher than that. I believe you. I would wager that he gets at least twelve point five points per game. All right, we'll see. So Nathan wanted to bet with all of the listeners. He will pay each of you a hundred dollars if Logan Thomas. Yeah. Uh, if Logan Thomas does not average more than 12.5 yeah. points right. per game. Yeah. Wait, okay. Well, yeah. all 10 of our listeners please, might get 150. Please, please, this is just a little bit of a little bit of a taste from my shore. I wrote a lot more about this and put a lot more time and effort into the statistical analysis. Please trust me when I say the upside of Logan Thomas and the value that you can get from him in the 16th to 19th round, you can't get that from any other player that's going around there. You can't get that from Johnny freaking Smith. You can't get that from LaVisca Chanel or Marquez Calloway or Sam Howell. Like, All right, we're be wrapped. honest we're, with we, yourself. Yeah, you got to wrap the Logan Thomas stuff up. People are going to get bored. 
yeah, if you want to be bored more, go to our locals page and pay three dollars a month. It's worth it, I swear. Uh, outside of that, I do think that, I, that we're probably just going to call it there. Uh, Gronk is down here. If Gronk comes back and you have him on a contender team, well done. Yeah, you, you did okay. well. <laughs> if we're talking about price to production yeah. ratio, I think Gronk's the best it gets. <laughs> yeah, although he's you know he's a rental. He's probably hey. him and Brady probably one more year, and then Brady's going to go broadcast for ten years, a hundred trillion dollars. <laughs> so hey, buy Chig Oconquo. 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 Did you say Chig Oconquo? Chig Oconquo. The guy on the, the Titans who have no tight ends there. Excellent idea, Nathan. Greg Dulcich is another guy we like out of this class. Again, um, these are the main guys, and and I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts about what we had to say. I don't think this was all that controversial, other than you guys crapping on me for using Dalton Schultz and Cole Komet in the same <laughs> sentence. But yeah, <laughs> outside of that, I mean, it's pretty cut and dry with these tight ends. Well, I don't know. You guys had some controversial opinions about Wally. I thought it was a great movie. Wally crap. was crap. Boo. Dude, I will literally give you like Okay, I won't actually give you that much money if you talk like Wally right now, but if you do, like that will make my night. Do it, Simon. No. All right. Oh my gosh. I want to try to do it, but I feel like I'd make a whole <laughs> entire stupid idiot. Yeah, I'd blow <laughs> so, out the mic. It'd yeah. probably blow up in my <laughs> face. <laughs> it would very much Wait, have you heard mic. Simon talk like Wally? I yeah. hear him talk like a lot of weird things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Okay. Yeah. Um if you like what you hear, like I said, there's more on our local page. We've done a couple shorts on tight ends, and uh, it's three dollars a month. And if you really can't, you, I mean, at this point, if you're not supporting us for three dollars a month, what are you even doing? Like, it, it we're putting out good content. We're, it's not like we're not spending time on it. We have good rankings. We have a CRBST. Ever heard of that? We made it up. It stands for cross reference buy sell tool. That's yeah. exactly what it stands. Look for. it up. Google it. Google it. You won't find it, but it's on our locals page. <laughs> So go to DynastyDomain.com and, and do it. And if you don't want to, then fine. But like I said, what else are you doing? I don't, you don't have a life if you're listening to this. Um, and then also keep sending us your trades on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at Dynasty Domain. And if you like the episode, give us a thumbs up. And if you don't, just don't give us a thumbs down because that kind of hurts our rating. Yeah. And we, you chance from rural New Jersey. Man, had to call him out, didn't you? Yeah. Man, that's tough. He must not have liked the show. Yeah. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. This has been Dynasty Domain. <laughs> <laughs>